Hello, I'm Jamie Bricker. And I'm Carol Bricker. And you're listening to Bricker by Bricker, podcast to support families with building productive partnerships between home and school. Now, Carol, this is going to be the understatement of the year, but this has been truly an unprecedented uh, school year. And I think for everyone's sake, uh, fortunately, it has now officially come to an end. Bottom line is for kids and parents alike, very understandably, whether they pursue the in-school or the virtual learning option. Or they, a combination of both because correct. they didn't have a choice. Correct, or, or kind of a hybrid model was imposed upon them. Yeah, well said. But any combination, the bottom line is it led to an awful lot of uncertainty and stress. Oh, it certainly did. And so when we're looking towards kids returning next September, there are things that families really need to focus on to make that transition back to school in the fall uh, successful for kids. So August would be a really great time for for us to focus on and to discuss some of the things that parents can be doing in order to make that transition as smooth as possible. But really for today, I think our, our conversation really needs to focus on ways that families can decompress after this very challenging year and really how can they go about recharging not only physically but emotionally as well oh well said i mean the bottom line is it would not be fair to anyone involved to kind of like emotionally suddenly leap from the end of this year into already thinking about next year. As you say, there needs to be that kind of wind down time. Well, and I think too, with the way particularly Ontario schools ended, when kids were in virtual learning, some probably waned out throughout June, but there really wasn't that closure that there typically is at the end of June, particularly when we look at graduates, you know, those in grade eights transitioning or even, you know, grade 12 transitioning to, to college, university, you know, whatever, there really wasn't that that same sort of, of closure for... There wasn't the group closure. There, was yes. no, there were no ceremonies. And in fairness, uh, Carol, I just like to pipe in when I mentioned there are, quote, no ceremonies. That, of course, is not accurate. What I was referring to, of course, is there were none of the traditional in-person mm-hmm. large-scale ceremonies that mom and dad attend and so on. But by the same token, uh, schools across the province, they all deserve a collective pat on the back for the many virtual uh, ceremonies that, of course, did occur, both at the end of grade eight and at the end of high school. And we've heard from co- former colleagues and right. friends and so on. They were really very well done. Mm-hmm. So hats off to everyone in a very difficult situation. But Carol, you also really touched on an important point, this whole idea of recharging, and that's emotional, physical, social, et cetera. Well, to me, in very basic terms, it's all about taking a breath mm-hmm. and just kind of relaxing. And over well, the ne- and taking kind of that step back from learning Absolutely. maybe for a little bit and, and step back from the technology because kids have been inundated with it so much. Oh, absolutely. The bottom line is everyone's plate has just been overflowing uh, throughout the school year. So let's kind of empty the plate, clear it off. And for the next few weeks, really focus on on more fun activities individually and family-wise and friend-wise that you enjoy doing and really just kind of relax. Mm -hmm. Well, when we look back over the last 16 or so months, you know, there really weren't a lot of opportunities to laugh for 
for some families in particular, that they it has been a very, very, as we've said, stressful period. So I think it's really important for families to to really focus on trying to create some new memories and some new family traditions that they can they can you know celebrate and and in future years look back on with with fond memories. And so today what we're really going to focus on is some suggestions for ways that families can recharge their batteries and it comes from an article that we'll, you know we'll certainly put a link to it on our website and the article's uh, entitled how to recharge your batteries as a family before school starts and so they provide us with five different suggestions for things families can be doing to get themselves reset and rejuvenated for the next school year Oh, very informative article, no question, Carol. But before I refer to it, I just want to loop back for a minute uh, your comment about, excuse me, <clears throat> creating new memories. And you're so right. I think so much of it is an attitudinal thing that so much of this year has been so different and unprecedented. And now looking upon it, like re reflecting upon it and maybe changing some, some of our summer practices as we get recharged, you're right. We may kind of accidentally fall into some some new habits and some new routines that, that really have you know lasting appeal to our family. Mm -hmm. So it's an excellent point. Now, the first um, of these kind of you know recharging mechanisms that the article mentioned was all about quality family time. And let's face it, pandemic or no pandemic, you you just can't go wrong with that. Mm -hmm. And the, really, the whole idea in our world to really kind of just slow down and really tr make a concerted effort to enjoy everyone's company within the household. And everyone's household dynamics, of course, are very different. But let, let's just get along and really kind of <laughs> enjoy each other. doesn't mean we're going to always get always along. Always get along and always but agree, but yes. For the most part. Yes. And I think in a nutshell, too, when kids, uh, especially the virtual learners, but for all kids, they've been just so reliant socially and academically on technology over the past year or so that, boy, oh, boy, this month of July to me is just a great opportunity to really focus on losing that technology, really limiting and decreasing the technology exposure, and on the other hand, really focus on getting some fresh air. Oh, working so out right. sweat, having some laughs. You know, it is so easy to get caught up, both parents and kids, in your phones and the, you know the the different notifications and instantaneously checking those. So having those opportunities to you know, maybe put the phone on airplane mode so that you are less distracted by the things that are coming in, provided for parents it's it's not a work-related thing that they need to be dealing with at that particular time when they, when they are working. Or by but, the same token, parents should be able to contact their kids oh, definitely. at any time. Yes, yeah. yes. But getting outside, there are just so many wonderful hiking trails that, you know, you could be going on with your kids, really focusing on things in your community. I mean, our, all of our communities have been so hard hit by this pandemic. This is a great way to really give back to, to our businesses and, and you know, really supporting them. You know, taking a chance to go to the beach or go fishing 
But then also looking to your kids, what are they wanting to do? Getting their input, having some great discussions around that. You know, those are all the things that are so important. You also raise an excellent point when so many uh, impacts on a kid's life the past year have been out of his or her control that let's make a concerted effort in July to, to give them some control back. Bingo. Yeah. To really have some value and some and some control and, and really meaningful mm-hmm. input. And as we have said throughout our podcast the last few years, and I think it's even accentuated now, is the need to focus on lots and lots of, of family conversations. So when you were talking about the the hiking and then the conversations, it kind of in a nutshell to me, Carol, it means let's focus on both the walking and the talking. Oh, I really like that one. I have to listen to so many of your little catchphrases, but every once in a while you do come up with one that I I do find kind of humorous and enjoyable. Well, thanks, Carol. It's, it's nice to know I hit the mark once in a while. <laughs> once in a while is, is true. So then looking at kind of their, their next suggestion is creating dinner parties, but at home and, and looking to your, your children and, and asking them for, you know, different suggestions for planning their next, your next meal together. Great opportunity as well for kids to actually get in there, not only planning, but preparing and working alongside you. And, you know, great discussion can come from it. And, and you're building on math and, and so many different skills that, there's learning that's happening at the same time as those fun, fun activities. Oh, no question. So much of, of meal preparation is based on, you know, fractions and and uh, proportions and things like that. Mm-hmm. No, no doubt about it. Great learning. But then also maybe taking your meals, maybe you're going to reverse them for a day, or maybe you're going to change where you are dining. You know, there's tons of opportunities to go to the dining room and make this meal a special meal as opposed to always just eating in the kitchen. Well, let's extend that thought in terms of locations. Why not eat outside? Mm -hmm. And we don't, we all have varying size lots. We don't, you don't need a huge space. Uh, well, and I mean, for those that are in apartment buildings, you know, they certainly do need those opportunities to get outside. And there are local parks or conservation areas. So or if you live near a lake or whatever yeah. the case may be, no doubt about it. And the whole kind of family picnic idea and any variation, you know, any variation of that, uh, under that like that whole idea of being outside, we've connected with nature, reading in a totally different, unique environment. It's just, it's just, it's just neat. It's much more casual, and it's one of those things that at the end of the year, everyone in the family will have a smile on their face, reflecting back upon it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or you know, if you have those opportunities, it reminds me of our camping days. You know, those campfires in the evening. What a great opportunity to just sit back, relax. You know, have those conversations, but just again, those memories around sitting around the campfire and, you know, making your s'mores or toasting your marshmallows. I mean, how many times have we laughed about the the incident where we're sitting around our campfire? I've got the marshmallows in the bag between my legs. And next thing I feel something batting at it and realize it's a raccoon after the marshmallows. And then a few minutes later, you see something in the dining shelter and go running to get it out of the dining shelter. 
But in fact, it was no longer a raccoon. It turned into a, a skunk that you were chasing. So we've laughed about that story for years. Oh, no question. When I saw the raccoon had a white streak down its back, that was kind of <laughs> a little disconcerting. But it's a perfect example of, as you say, we set up something like a campfire or like a picnic, but it ends up spawning so many incidental stories, which are actually what you remember. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. No, excellent point. And another way families can kind of spice up their 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 meals is coming up with theme dinners. And maybe there's a particular country that your children are interested in visiting or wanting to study, or maybe, you know, it's something along the lines of, of a sport or a superhero, or maybe, you know, thinking of Disneyland or Disney world. These are great ways to really look at experiencing things and trying new things. That's all about recharging your batteries and, and, really looking at things differently as opposed to kind of that isolation that we've had for. Oh, no question. Let's face it. We can also make it a a real dress up thing, depending on the age of your kids. Sure. Like, you know, uh, dad comes in dressed as Superman or whatever the case may be Mm -hmm. like that. That really adds to it. Or maybe it's mom. Who's the super one? <laughs> Mom can be Wonder Woman. No, no, no question. They're both they're both super. No doubt about it. But and then of course the kids pick up on that. So like, you're right. Like that that really adds to it. Under the heading of fun once again. Now the third suggestion in this article was all what they called local exploration. And I want to stress we're not talking about shelling out big bucks. No, no. I just think that's really important right off the hop to stress, Carol. There's a lot of uh, in any community. There's a lot of local sites and so on that sometimes the things nearest us we take for granted. Oh, definitely. And a lot of different things uh, have a lot of history involved, but it's not a question of like dumping all these facts and figures on your kids. We're just kind of making it in a fun context, kind of, did you know, mm-hmm. or, or the, whatever the case may be, but right in your kind of own backyard, so to speak. Well, I'm just going to say here too, um, particularly in this country, we are in a difficult time with regard to our Indigenous people and a good time to really help your children understand age appropriately what happened in the past and what we can be doing moving forward and into the future. No, very well said, Carol. That is an example of an extremely important, very timely issue that all families need to be discussing with their kids, as you say, in an age-appropriate manner. And it's, you know, it's a great opportunity for our kids to also further develop their critical thinking skills. And that's a that's a broader, like national, and in some uh, some instances we have like climate change or global issues, but they are great. Uh, kind of launching pads for this kind of critical thinking. But also, I just wanted to mention, like, don't minimize the fact, parents, that there can be some very uh, specific kind of family-related issues that can also require and trigger this kind of critical thinking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think in in all of these issues, from the very broad to the very family-specific, so many thinking opportunities are just kind of right there for the taking. Right. And and when we look at critical thinking, as we've spoken about so many times in the past, like those are skills that are lifelong skills for kids. And, you know, to be successful, moving to, to the 
future or moving forward, they need to have developed those those essential critical thinking skills. No question. But I also think, Carol, that as we, you and I have talked over the years, I think there, there especially with, with kids really any age, there needs to be that loop back in the sense that we're all busy and things kind of happen and we all fall into the trap of having kind of, you know, short memories and it's on to the next thing, yeah, on right. to the next mm-hmm. thing. But whether it's a broader issue, national or whatever, or once again, a very specific issue, I think we need to loop back to it, you know, in, in a couple of weeks or whatever, and just kind of just ask your child. So have you, have you given that more thought or what have, sure. has your view changed on mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. You know, not making it a, you know, a three hour discussion, but just kind of fresh in their mind. You're right. You're right. Because that, that reflective piece to me is a huge part of critical thinking. Mm-hmm. To kind of segue back into their discussion around celebrating local, great opportunities for families to get out riding their bikes instead of driving to places and or, you know, taking different routes and and maybe having your kids direct you, which will really help with that spatial uh, awareness However, being thoughtful around our environment and, you know, we don't want to be driving three hours to go to the grocery store, which is just right around the corner. But by involving our kids again, you know, it gives them that self-confidence to, you know, make decisions or to play that active role in family life. I think particularly, Carol, if it's a routine kind of thing, like the, the grocery store or something like every week. Well, throughout the summer, your child could accompany you and try a different route each time. But then after three or four weeks, just ask him or her, okay, which route, like, what was the best route? Right. And oh. then, of course, getting up to the criteria for what qualifies as best is very subjective. Oh, definitely. But once again, that's a foundational piece for critical thinking. Mm-hmm. You're right. Now, the fourth thing that the article talks about is taking time to create new traditions. And with the summer, you know, we've talked about changing up meal times and meal locations, but also a great opportunity to try some different games that you can do as a family. You know, some of them being outside games, some of them being, you know, inside games. There's things like cornhole and bocce ball, uh, ladder jam, but certainly the one that I have all really enjoyed doing with our kids is creating some minute to win it challenges. And, you know, we've had lots of fun, whether they've been inside or whether they're, you know, outside activities. Uh, It's just been a really great low key, but lots of laughs and lots of physical activity, sometimes a little mental thinking as well. But no question. No question. It's been it's kudos to you. It's been a lot of fun, and it's also important though. I've, I've got a I'm kind of smiling to myself as you see, Carol, because I think it's important to once again stress though. Certain activities are great for the outdoors, and certain for the indoors. Oh, definitely. And get your kids involved in the planning. But mm-hmm. just a little caveat because we've learned the hard way in a few cases. Certain outdoor activities don't really transition well inside. No, no. But no, but the, the minute to win it has just been a, a complete winner, for, for, you know, for all of us. And and certainly like the age of our kids now are, quote, kids 
we've done it so long, they now live out of town, our kids are crowding 30, and we still do it several times a year and still thoroughly enjoy it. Thoroughly enjoy it. And I liked how you said about involving the kids, because typically I've been the one who's created it, but there are so many great ideas on the internet or on Pinterest with regard to minute to win it activities that, you know, the kids can be doing the researching and deciding what ones would be great, what materials do we need for them. Uh, And again, some great math skills come in with the budgeting aspect. Okay, how much are we able to spend to create these minute to win it activities? Well, to bring this kind of number four, uh, I think, to a close, Carol, I think it's important that, like, look at ourselves growing up. You came from a very game-oriented family. Uh, I rarely played a game. We did an awful lot of talking, discussion, analysis. And they, they like there is kind of, quote, no right or wrong. So I think throughout this podcast, I, th- I think it's important to reinforce to families, we're not saying kind of, you know, change everything or change your entire family dynamic. Decide what works best for you and your kids. But games are a wonderful activity. Conversation is very important and blending them together. Well, that's what like I was going to say. Each other. That balance of the two would be really, that's really ideal. great. That's the goal. Yes. And the fifth suggestion was have a staycation. And th- the bottom line is, it's a, you know, it's a great way to help everyone involved get recharged. And our h- typical holiday travel plans for the past year or so, of course, have really been uh, upended. So the article suggests, well, why not turn our home into a, quote, home tell, which I thought was a neat concept, and to really try to emulate that hotel atmosphere. And once again, we're not blowing the budget. Just want to stress. Uh, just simple things and fun things like stock up on luxurious bath products, um, bringing extra pillows into your bedroom. In other words, once again, age appropriately, let your kids kind of redesign their bedroom for a few weeks. And, you know, kind of really take ownership of that and have a version of what, you, of what they're referring to as kind of a family sleepover where maybe people sleep in different beds or whatever the case may be. Maybe get out to sleeping bags, whatever. Well, I was going to say with regard to that, you know, creating a tent in, in the house or your apartment or whatever, and then everyone's sleeping in that tent. Or I remember as a kid, we created a tent, kind of a lean-to sort of thing off the side of the house. And then um, the kids, not the parents, but I mean, the kids slept out there and we had a had a great time. Uh, we created it and then we got to, to sleep in it. So kind of that win-win situation. Well, we talk a lot about authentic learning and that couldn't get any more authentic than that. Well, yes, because, I mean, if it fell down on us, it was our own <laughs> construction. <laughs> exactly. But um, certainly kind of carrying along that line is, again, make up a, a you know, a room service menu and, and have the kids decide what, you know, could be ordered through room service. And then, you know, some neat ways that you could go about, do, you know, uh, ordering that food. As as I'm talking about this, though, I'm thinking uh, it's not sounding like too much of a vacation for mom. But uh, <laughs> but anyways, but then as well, you know, let's go really casual. Let's put on our robes and slippers or be in our pajamas and and have a movie day or where we can just, you know, feel relaxed and refreshed, just like 
we were in a real hotel. Oh, and also, I mean, let's face it, we like simulating some kind of camping trip. You mentioned earlier about the tents. And I I really go back to what you said earlier in the podcast, Carol, that I, which I really think really resonated with me and really liked the whole idea of establishing new traditions, new family kind of hobbies. Mm-hmm. And there, there may well have been some kind of do-it-yourself possibility around the yard or in the house that people have kind of talked about for years. Why not? Great opportunity. Great opportunity to do it now. Now I mean, stores are now reopening so you can go in. You know, there are so many DIY sites that you can go to or shows that you could watch to help plan for those projects that you're working on. You know, again, fun. But there is learning involved as well. And I think that's one of the the biggest things that we we can't stress enough. We're all concerned about the learning loss for our kids. Well, let's look at how we can support their learning so that throughout the summer in those fun ways, so that when we go back to school in September, we have that love of learning that's going to drive that enthusiasm for our kids moving forward. Well said. So in other words, parents, I think the advice would be rather than fixating on the the inevitable, like there's inevitable academic losses for all students the past year. That's inevitable. And everyone's in the same boat. And schools will do a great job addressing those. But instead of lamenting those, let's focus on what we can really uh, actively uh, address in a very enjoyable way as a family this summer, which is just kind of broader learning and broader life skills. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Carol, as we're drawing our podcast to a close, uh, when I think about all of the stressors and uncertainties that kids and parents and uh, teachers, for that matter, obviously, everyone involved in the educational system has had, I know I'm kind of dating myself, but I, I really I really can't help but think of the old McDonald's theme song, quote, you deserve a break today. And to me, that's what July 2021 is for everyone involved in education. You very much so deserve this break. Oh, definitely. You know, we've talked constantly over the, the past year about the stresses that families, kids, educational people have experienced. And it is so important if we want our kids to move into the new year enthusiastic about going back, not not carrying with them the anxieties and the baggage that they've had to carry with them throughout the past year. You know, the anxiety of washing our hands enough, wearing our masks, the social distancing. Let's let's give them that freedom to breathe and to be able to go back knowing that they're going to be successful and knowing that the experiences that they've had, while may have improve their resiliency in some way, they're they're not going to have to experience it again next year. And you've also got me thinking, Carol, how important it is. And obviously parents know their own kids best. And it's a question of when do you have that kind of quiet individual time with your each given child or whatever to just spend a few minutes at some point this summer 
discussing and sharing like how are they feeling about the upcoming mm-hmm. school year you're right are there any questions about the pandemic they'd like to discuss mm-hmm. about vaccinations etc because i think there's an awful lot of kind of unknowns out there for adults let's face it we all feel it sure but man oh man think of a child well and and understanding the fact that each of us will move into this re-entry into society into life at our own pace and and the precautions and the extra pieces that we've put in place over the throughout the pandemic, they're going to slowly be released. But we each have our own pace at which we're we're able to and willing to release that and to respect that. I think release is a key word, and I think you'd agree, Carol, that we can't expect kids to really begin to re- or parents, for that matter, to begin to recharge until they've had an opportunity to release. Yes. Yes. And I was just going to say that our August podcast is certainly going to focus on those conversations and things that parents can be doing to prepare their children for that return to school in September. Absolutely. So July and August, I think we'll really tie together nicely and get kids and staff and parents ready for a flying start on Labor Day. So once again, we want to thank everyone, excuse me, for joining us today. And a reminder, as always, if you have any questions or comments, please email us at brickerbybricker at gmail.com or contact us through our website, brickerbybricker.com. And we encourage, as always, our listeners to share our podcast with other families they think might be interested. And a reminder to follow us on Voice Ed Radio or any of our other platforms such as iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and iHeartRadio. And we look forward to connecting with you next time on Bricker by Bricker.